You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's why you might want to check out State Farm Small Business Insurance. Why? Because State Farm agents are small business owners too, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And I'm Scott Galloway with my new Peloton from Kara Swisher with a note that says, keep it tight. What does that mean, keep it tight? <laughs> what does that mean? I you a Peloton. I have I a girlish figure. You. you do. I know you. You know, my brother bought a Peloton all by himself this week. He, it's, it's working. I think these ads are working because everyone, like three people I know bought a Peloton yeah. for this Christmas, yeah. just so you know. yeah. But you're not getting one. You know what I'm sending you? Uh, yeah, the the mind runs wild with that question, but I will go I'm for it. I'm sending you an old fruit cake that I've been sending to around for years. That's what I'm sending you, a really old fruit cake. That's, that's, that's what I'm doing. That's sweet. Thank you happy for that. Happy holidays. Thank you for that. Happy holidays to you because we can now say happy holidays again. There we can. That's right. What happened? Anyways, what happened? What was it, it, what's the big news today? There's so much big news. Well, yeah, impeachment. Yeah. You, you heard of it? It's happening. Yeah. Um, yes, uh, we have to talk about it because Congress voted to impeach President Trump. He's the only the third president in U.S. history to be impeached. He, of course, uh, obviously the vote was uh, was Republicans versus Democrats. Yeah. Um, they sort of essentially just screamed. And someone said it was like the, the Democrats were being super serious and like like wearing suits and dark you know, like, we're so sorry to do this, but it's part of the Constitution. And the Republicans drove a Ford 150 into uh, into the, the, the floor of the House yeah. and shot off a T-shirt cannon. Like, they just—it was just a crazy day of watching it. Yeah. And they did it. And then Trump, of course, immediately insulted a dead man and uh, and had a crazy, you know, bunch of tweets and stuff like that. So what what do you, what do you think the impact or on everybody tech media the world and at all or not or we forget it next week with you know whoever's won the mask singer I don't know I think its impact will be felt but I think it'll be a delayed reaction um, mm-hmm. the I do think and again I'm so close to this and I get I get more than I get wrong in terms of predictions around business and more wrong than I get right around politics because I'm just too close to it. But I got to think this is just a bad look for the Republicans and for the president. He's, you know, you're right. He's the third president to be impeached, but he's the first to be impeached in his first term. Usually it takes us six or seven years to figure out the criminality of the person we're impeaching. And in this case, it only took yeah. us three years. So it's a it's a bad look. I thought there was some interesting moments, though. The Such I'm as? hopeful that the— the five uh, female Congress people who were uh, veterans, who were seen as moderates, that they're kind of what I th- – more. it seemed to be a more thoughtful 
examination of the issue and then them deciding to impeach. I hope that that creates more yeah. power or creates more reverence for moderates uh, among yeah, Democrats. I think they would explain themselves well. I think yeah. they explain themselves well, and they look dignified. They look dignified as opposed to the the one guy screaming about Jesus and, and oh, Pearl gosh. Harbor, Pontius, which is like Pontius such a— Pilate. Pontius Pilate. Yeah. I was like, Jesus had a much harder time, and I'm thinking yeah. the people at Pearl Harbor did too. It was—that was just— Nuts. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it was like, crazy. I couldn't believe how far they're going. And like Liz Cheney, I mean, well, she's just an awful thing. It really literally was a hundred million white guys and two mean ladies voting for no impeachment. It was sort of a weird look and then a very varied and interesting and diverse group of people with, did, that did very – I thought quite good speeches. I don't, I, I, you know, I don't know. I think Nancy Pelosi ran a classy oh, yeah. impeachment. Yeah. You know, and now she might delay it. She might delay well, sending it okay. over to Mitch so the, McConnell. The, the, I mean, as the interesting thing was more about the process and the outcome I hear. But one, the gangster move here might be, and I don't know if it's already been decided, she's sending the articles over, but to withhold the articles and never even send them to the Senate for the trial, basically saying yeah. if this is going to be a kangaroo court, we'll just let the impeachment stand and we won't even yeah. acknowledge your yes. your your sham your sham trial. I thought, yeah. oh my gosh, that was such a gangster strategic <laughs> move. Also, it, I had a moment. You know, the, the, yeah. I think the most powerful moments are the unexpected one, the call on an instinct. When yeah. she announced that Article Two had of impeachment had had passed or been um, had been had been voted affirmatively. And then a few people clapped, and she looked at him like a mom looks at kids saying, if you slam the screen door again, there's going to be trouble. Right, Did you exactly. feel—I I literally felt my yes. bone shake, and, and it took me back to when I was a kid, and I used to get a lot of those looks from my mom before she would literally chase me down and hit me. And <laughs> it, 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 like, took She's, me back. She runs that place. She, she does. She's great. She, she has a lot of grandchildren, by the way. Yeah. She's a lot—she's got a big family and knows how to handle them, and— I think that uh, she's just—she's handled this beautifully. I yeah, have to I say, I, I'm so impressed with Nancy Pelosi. I, I like her personally. Uh, I know her pretty well. Um, but I have to say, she's just handled this with the class, the class. And I think even as he goes after her teeth, and it's just—I I just don't know when they're going to pick. It's like, look at Carly Fiorina, speaking of oh, candidates God. who don't handle them. So I just mm. had her on the podcast, and she was saying he had to be impeached, but then said she might vote for him. Like— that was strange and odd. So there's a lot of people in the Republican Party that are just pretzeling themselves. Well, you know. if you call Carly Fiorina ugly, she will vote. She will support your impeachment. But if you call your wife ugly, he will defend you, i.e. Senator Cruz. I mean, at least Carly, yeah. you know, I don't know. The, we hit, we've hit so many lows with this guy. The new low mm -hmm. I found— I just—I mean, one of those moments where you're like, Jesus, this guy really doesn't have any sense of decency where the comments he made about the deceased representative Dingle. Yeah, that he, Dingle, yeah. And I mean, just to remind people, because if people are like me, I, I literally didn't watch it yesterday. I started watching The Joker, that very disturbing mm -hmm. film with Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, I, I didn't watch that. I, I can't watch him. Oh, my gosh. And at one point, I'm like, okay, I need something even more depressing and disturbing. I'm going to turn on CNN. <laughs> And I thought, if I'm—if I, I love politics, and if I'm fed up yeah, with this too. and don't want to watch it, it means literally no one's watching it. And I, it'll be interesting mm -hmm. to see, but I think people are just exhausted by it. And then I heard that essentially the president intimated that re former Representative Dingell, who was served in Congress for 59 years, was in World War II, that he might be looking up from hell at his wife. That's essentially what— 
our president, you know, the yeah. man who's supposed yeah. to represent the decency and the courage and the integrity of what is the greatest, you know, the greatest democracy in history. That's how he chose to frame uh, Representative Representative Dingell. It's just like, okay, literally, have we just have we tried to figure out how do we lose all of our humanity for political purposes? It just is so. It, I don't know how they stick with this. I just I, don't. It's really like it's now like what is wrong with you people? You know, Mark Meadows is now leaving. He, I was I almost tweeted, "Don't let the door hit you on the way out." In yeah. fact, actually, let it hit you on the way out. Goodbye. Like it's just the the, the lows that they'll go to, and this kind of it's indecent. It's indecent, is what it is. But you know, this is something we've said over and over again. But Debbie Dingle handled herself well, and yeah. she actually said, "This is really hurtful. Yeah. This is the first Christmas without him." Um, they had such a fascinating. I know her a little bit. A fascinating relationship and really close, and she's a really smart legislator. I have to say, I've spent a lot of time talking to her, and I hope to have her on the podcast at some point. But, uh, uh, and just savvy, just super savvy as a, very close to uh, Nancy Pelosi, by the way. And, um, and it's uh, it was just really like, what is wrong with you? And then the stupid people laughing at the thing, it's just like, it's just strange. It's just strange. I keep coming back to the thing that, again, I don't I don't want to blame tech, but everybody feels like they can say whatever they want on some level um, to the point of, like, rudeness in a way that's really low. And it's it's really interesting. Do you do you see any impact of this on on uh, on, on business at all? Like, is, or is business just not paying attention? Like, I mean, I think, be- I think the impact, or I'm hoping the impact, and again, I might be just talking my own book here, is I hope that America recognizes, people say we've become so polarized, and it doesn't help mm-hmm. that the most profitable and, and largest and most impactful media companies in the world are fueled on rage and polarization. But I do believe mm-hmm. the majority of Americans, whereas our, I think our leaders are more polarized than Americans are. I think that the, the, yeah. the largest the largest voting group or the largest self-identified group in Florida is not Democrats or Republicans, it's independents. Independents. And yeah. I hope at some point yeah. people reach a tipping point and say, okay, should we consider rank voting? Should we consider redrawing or trying to de-gerrymander? But if we don't get some more moderates in there, it just feels like this yeah. is headed somewhere Agree. My most disappointing ugly. was someone who's actually a very tech-focused uh, congressman who's leaving, Will Hurd. And I literally was like, did you just trade your soul for, like, someone who, like, has been a critic of Trump when he does things like this? Just literally, just he wants something else. He wants to run for what, senator? I don't know what his next move is. But what a disappointment for him. Like, you know, an idiot like Jim whatever is, Jim Jordan, J-Y-M Jordan, um, is one thing, but this guy is smart. He's been very savvy on tech, and I, I was going to have him on the podcast. But I actually don't want to have him on the podcast. I was like, "What is wrong with you?" Like, th- anyway, it's a, it's an interesting time for people. I think they're going to look back on it and sort of shake themselves like they did during the McCarthy era. But you, you asked, um, you asked what impact it'll have on business. I think yeah. the impact is it serves as cloud cover for big tech because yeah. Trump is such a, you know, Trump creates so many dumpster fires that are more like, you know nuclear mushroom clouds, that it distracts you from the dumpster fires that are all over tech. I mean, the thing that kind of, the thing that sort of embodies the evolution of the gestalt of tech is at the beginning of the decade, we were talking about Facebook being a place where parents of children with rare diseases could get together and find treatments and cures, right? That was what tech started out with. And where it's ending the decade is there are a group of trolls who are using, um, the National yeah. Epilepsy Foundation hashtag to identify people who likely have epilepsy. Oh, and then send those. And then yeah. tweeting them gifts 
with photosynthesis-sensitive imagery, basically blinking yeah. lights, hoping to inspire an epileptic seizure. So that, that to me, kind of embodies the evolution of big tech over the last 10 years. Yeah. But essentially, Trump and his obsession with being—I I think he'd actually rather be impeached than be out of the media cycle. I think that yep. he, he yep. wants it all to be He's about him. So to a certain extent, the— you know, the delay and obfuscation of monopoly power, of abuse of the Commonwealth, of teen depression, is all sort of put in the backseat, if you will, or wallpapered over by all of this crazy news that I'm not sure it has a lot of long-term impact on the country. We'll see. I, I don't know if the immune, immunities are going to finally kick in. We'll find out in the next election. Yeah. Yep. But it's not good for us because, meanwhile, these platforms continue to be weaponized. So, what does it mean for business? It means the bad actors in business continue to be bad yeah. actors. Speaking of which, time. speaking of which, Peter Thiel, a story in the Wall Street Journal, is apparently one of the forces keeping Facebook from fact-checking political ads. The billionaire investor and Donald Trump backer is one of the forces at Facebook. He's on the board, pushing the company not to check fact-check political ads, and he's convinced Mark Zuckerberg, who controls the board, um, uh, he he runs a, he he's co-founded the company Palantir, which has been found to be working with ICE. Um, you know, he, I, I I've got apparently several people on the board want to push back, but Peter has a has a hold over Mark on this issue around political ads, and of course it would be in his interest to do so as a as a supporter of Trump. Um, and Facebook has been holding out on this issue. Um, I I got to tell you, there's got to be some crack in that wall over there at Facebook where people are like, I cannot do this. This is just untenable the way we're conducting our political ads. And but there isn't, there isn't because he's got this thing. So it's you know, Teal is a fascinating character, obviously, but certainly is the one person who's had the most impact here at Facebook. I think. have you interviewed Peter Teal? Yes. And mm-hmm. what's your? Yes, I just he's one guy. It's. You know, as an instinct, we like to immediately, for safety or friend reasons, we immediately have an instinct to go, oh, they're one of us. I can trust this person. Yeah. Or they're an enemy and I have to keep my eye on them. That's just basic instinct. And with a guy like Teal, yeah. with a guy like Teal, I just I just can't even begin to figure out that guy. He just strikes He's me a as such a man. complex, unusual person. It. Do you have any sense— for what drives well, or motivates him? We haven't talked in a long time. I've been—he's uh, he's an interesting character because he's quite brilliant. And if, read his book sometime. I, I think it's well worth Zero your time. Zero to One is a wonderful you know, he has book. This, but here's the deal. He had, the, you know, the history of saying some things in college that were really awful, including he happens to be gay and uh, obviously had some, had some issues with that because of Gawker. He did that lawsuit. My issue with him is that he did it secretly and then revealed himself when he won, that kind of stuff. He sort of mounts legal challenges. To, to journalists, which I think has always been an issue, um, especially when Facebook's supposed to be supportive of publishers. Um, you know, he said some things about women that are problematic. Um, and and he—I'm saying that in a nice way. And at the same time, he's quite an interesting thinker about a lot of things. He's not like—his his move towards Trump is the strangest, but makes total sense when you sort of think about his worldview yeah. uh, of this idea of the government doesn't work. We don't—we don't, we need to, like, destroy everything, really. Um, and he has that mentality. We had a really interesting talk. Many—I haven't talked to him in a long time, but we did—I did a—there's a video online from 10 or 15 years ago where I went to visit him. And we argued about uh, social media and all kinds of stuff uh, that was, it, it, you know, you can see his intellect when he's, when when we're going going back and forth. Uh, and after we had, which it was not off the record, this discussion about gay rights, which was really, you know, I, he was like, nobody needs special rights. I'm like, I just don't want my kids taken away from me. I want right. equal rights. And right. so we had this really interesting discussion. And I can't, he's a, of a type of conservative 
strain of gay men. I don't know how else to put it. Like, they just, there's a whole lot of them like that. Um, it doesn't matter if you're gay or not. You can be conservative, but it's yeah. unusual. It's more unusual to find ultra-conservative gay men, but it isn't, actually. And so, you know, it, he's just a really complicated character, but he clearly has impact at uh, at Facebook that is um, that is over and above other board members, it feels like. But, you know, we'll we'll see what happens with these political ads, but so far they're going to stand pat. There's a couple dynamics at play here. So Peter Thiel supposedly is saying, look, under the auspices of, you know, libertarian values or free speech, yeah. that Facebook should be able to post these um, political ads, even if they're false, mm-hmm. And that's part of discourse, and then people have a responsibility or a right to discern who's lying and then judge them for lying or not lying. But at the same time, this is the guy that when a media publication outed him, said, okay, I'm going to serve these guys a cold lunch someday, and then funded, I think with 10 or $20 million of his own money, a nuisance lawsuit against Gawker that effectively put them— it did. It put them out of business. And at the time, I was kind of a fan of it because Gawker— had done some really horrible things. Um, but there was a lot of Gawker, not Gawker. There was a lot of the site that wasn't, you know what I mean? There was a lot of great stuff on this. Anyway, but go I ahead. I agree. Go but they, 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 I mean, they were outing people who were not celebrities. This wasn't news just for the purposes yeah, of outing them. And that was, I thought that was, anyways. But this is the same guy who's decided, who is now defending free speech. It just seems very inconsistent to me. And yeah. the opportunity is... Basically, anyone who comes across, anyone who has any sort of reputation for being balanced and thoughtful eventually leaves the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's been some very impressive people who have gone on this board, and what they all have in common is they all leave Reed under Hastings. the cover of dark. Yeah. They're like, okay, I am yeah. just not down with this. I have no power. I, I don't like what's going on, and they leave. And the guy on the board, and I'm sure there's there's more than one, or I'd like to think there's more than one with a lot of integrity, but Ken Chenal the former CEO of American Express, yeah. who just reeks of integrity and character and intellect, is on that board. And it's pretty clear that no individual has the ability to to influence Mark Zuckerberg other than anything, that how he gets an additional billion. And the way that Ken yep. Chenal could really have an impact is if after being on the board for about 12 months, in my view, if he doesn't like what is going on, is to publicly resign for that board and and discuss what, in fact, is bothering him, assuming there are things that are bothering him. But based on everything I know about him, for him to yeah. – he has an opportunity here to be either uh, you know effective, and if he's not effective, to leave. And rather than doing what all the rest of them do, whether it's Hastings or Bowles or Desmond, coming up with an excuse and just leaving – uh, but he yeah. could be a critical. He could be a critical uh, player in this. Well, we'll see. You know, we'll see. I just, I, 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 I'm, I'm sort of surprised that Cheryl Sandberg is saying nothing about it. Like, or, or maybe she's doing it, but she's a very behind the scenes kind of person. But she obviously doesn't. I, I would imagine she was would be on the less. Let's keep the lies going. When he was, um, when he said a lot of that stuff about free speech. Um, especially the parts about the community and everyone, you know, people should figure it out themselves. I, I should have realized it was vintage Peter. Like it was, it was, it was Peter um, sh- who was very smart, shuttled through someone who doesn't have quite the same kind of intellect. You know what I mean? Like in terms of uh, Peter's quite cl- clever in many, many ways, and has is uh, is is really it's interesting to talk to him because he, he's. He does—he's a good arguer and stuff like that. So a lot of this stuff is being um, filtered through Mark, who does not—he's not stupid. I'm not saying that. It just—he's not—the kind of intellect 
uh, Peter has is quite, um, uh, you know, well-educated. He's an exceptional brain. He's an exceptional brain. He's an exceptional brain. He's an intellectual brain. And so, um, you know, Mark's obviously a a computer brain. But anyway, it's interesting to see what impact he has and if it continues and if Mark at any point, uh, you know, it seems like Mark is being— not manipulated. It's not manipulated. He's being molded by Peter. And since the beginning, I think since the very beginning of, of Facebook, he has been. He's been a real influence on him. And and so its question is if anyone else can have influence and shift his his mentality and open his worldview up a little further. Me- meanwhile, to consider other things. Facebook's meanwhile. at 200 bucks. the business. Yep. I don't even know when they report yep. earnings. I'm telling you, Kara, I did something for the first time. I actually don't do a lot of online shopping. I purchased something for the first time off of Instagram. I uh-huh. cannot get over how incredibly strong and well done the ads on Instagram are. Yep. You are going to see— in, I love them. I love them. Unbelievable. And it's it's like creepy. You know, relevance is synonymous with creepy. What did you buy? What did you buy? I just bought a pair of, of cool tennis shoes. I was I was mm-hmm. drunky commercing. I had, I had one or two drinks, 11, and I was sitting by the pool <laughs> and was going through my Instagram feed feeling bad about myself. And then there was this cool pair of shoes that I've been looking at for a while, what I think are cool pair of shoes. And I clicked, okay, I clicked buy now. And of course, I ordered two pairs, but by accident. But I managed, first time I've ever bought anything off of Instagram. E-commerce moving down the funnel through Instagram. Instagram is terrific. Instagram is about to become more worth more. Just just what AWS is to Amazon. Instagram mm-hmm. is about to become the Facebook. It's going to be worth yeah. more than the core platform because they're about terrific, to solve terrific experience. E-commerce. A hundred percent, a hundred percent terrific experience. Um, speaking of dumpster fires, uh, I, I don't know if you read the Business Week cover story about SoftBank, our favorite, our favorite investor. And crazy. Um, they wrote a long one. They had a picture of Merry Christmas from SoftBank, a picture of money being lit on fire, like a Christmas fire. Um, and it's a really tough piece on Masayoshi's son and and what they were doing, and not just that they made stupid investments or like throwing money around. Uh, speaking of drunken e-commerce, yeah. but th- this is the this is the key paragraph. And Vision Funds problems don't stop with some bad bets. Current and former employees of the fund and SoftBank describe an environment of sycophancy towards son. Uh, political rivalries, harassment, compliance issues, and an abnormally high tolerance for risks, all wrapped in a casing of general weirdness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's no, good. Best. It's good. The um, crap ever. That is my favorite. You like that? that? You love that. I do. All wrapped in a casing of general weirdness. Like, it, it was, it's, they wanted to say what the fuck, but they're, they, this is what they did. And, you know, it's essentially Son, you know, doing his weird futuristic stuff. I know him pretty well, and he does do, he, we've had him at code and stuff, but it's really interesting that, uh, you know, people are really, I, as we said, they were going to start taking aim at SoftBank, not just their investments. So I don't know where it's going to end up because they've been getting funded by rich, rich suspect people. Um, but anyway, so it was a real, it's a, it's a worth a read. And I just, it's continues, you know, SoftBank, the, the, the destruction of capital is, I think, going to continue. Oh, no doubt. There's, there's this effect. Uh, I'm fascinated by SoftBank and Masayoshi Sano, what's going on there. And there's this effect called the Dunning-Kruger effect, which, which mm-hmm. uh, basically states that uh, stupid people are too dumb to know how stupid they are. And so when they're faced with complex situations, they approach them with confidence instead of caution. And... <laughs> And this is so, Masayoshi-san like, is the Dunning-Kruger effect to come to life in the information age because he made the greatest investment in venture history, put $20 million into Alibaba, turned into $100 billion, mm-hmm. and now thinks that his gut 
is the is the way to get. You well, know. he did it before. He lost his money and then he got it back. He, he had a first fortune and then this was his second fortune. Yeah. And so then he the guy running it for him was arguably uh, he ran Deutsche Bank's credit group, which is arguably this the, will be the go down as the second largest incinerator of capital yes. in history after after SoftBank will be number one. But you know, and I suffer a little bit from this. I, I understand a decent amount about marketing, so all of a sudden I think, oh, that means I'm I should opine on any subject. And it's mm-hmm. it's difficult to have humility across different sectors. And I know a lot of PE guys who go into venture capital because they think, oh, it must be I must be a great venture capitalist. And this literally, SoftBank is the Dunning Kruger effect come to life. And that is a group of people yeah. who have recognized moments of success or success in other industries who believe it translates into other areas. And the market is just, the market has this incredible attribute of regression to the mean. And you are seeing the world's largest regression to the mean or or dose of humility. But SoftBank is going to go down. SoftBank could be the defining business moment of the decade. And I know we're going to talk about in our next episode what's happened over the last decade. But you, you are seeing a level... You know, I love the saying, and I got it from the tw- the Twitter handle God. I don't know if you follow God on Twitter, but it's fantastic. I don't know who it is, but this guy or gal is a genius. But it has something really impactful that I, I think of a lot, and it says that you know, I- ignorance looks in the mirror and it sees intelligence. Intelligence looks in the mirror and it sees ignorance. When SoftBank looks in the mirror, it sees intelligence. Yeah. And they are suffering from so much ignorance. Well, it, it also, it also, it, it's one person. Again, it's these one person things where they just put up with this Cult. stuff. And yeah, one of the things that, that they had him saying was, but the real strategy behind the vision fund seems to involve another Masa principle. Big money means big strategic advantages. The idea that festooning entrepreneurs with hundreds of millions of dollars and urging them to spend at exorbitant pace will scare off competitors and allow the vision fund to mint behemoths. No one wants to pick a fight with the crazy guy, he told Bloomberg Business Week last year. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, they are. They, uh, I'll, give, I'll give them that. They, there, is, there is something to being crazy that scares people in terms of legal or, or – but mm-hmm. when he says crazy, it's not it's – not, people do want to pick a fight with the really stupid guy. And that it's not that they're crazy. It's just that they're plain stupid. I mean, at some point, stupidity – becomes crazy. But some of these investments, even funding companies, so capital is a strategy. Let's throw so much capital at something that it creates moats and pulls away from the competition. But the majority of returns in venture have been companies that have found amazing investments where they put three or five million in initially, as Sequoia and Kleiner did in Google, and then managed to maintain pro rata follow-on rights and get huge IRRs. The notion that you can get venture-like returns when you're allocating billions, there are only so yep. many companies that grow up to be a $100 billion firm. Yep. So it just mathematically doesn't make any sense. And then they go on to decide, all right, we're going to massively overfund not only companies, but companies in the same sector. So it's like, it's like the snake eating its own tail. They have companies putting each other out of business and destroying the capital of the same investor. They have two – they have Uber Eats going after DoorDash. It just doesn't – Makes no sense. Do you know Zoom Pizza? They invested $375 million in make, mission to use robots pizza. to automate pizza. Oh but they're going to change food production. And, like, it's like, they haven't. They haven't. They just haven't. They just, it's crazy. It's interesting. Look, he, I like people who swing for the fences. I don't mind. Like, it's his money. And, by the way, he's using what's really interesting to me is his his lack of moral clarity here and taking all this money from MBS uh, in Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Salman, the, the, the murderous uh, head of Saudi Arabia, um, and taking their 
their money and having no compunction about it, given the behavior of the Saudis. And so, uh, as I said, on one hand, I'm thrilled they're losing all their money. Um, but on the other hand, it's kind of, like, gross. It's it's gross. To, the, to me, that's the—I don't care if he's a crazy person who yells at people or he says crazy things and tells them to do wacky stuff. Whatever. You know, but this that to me is really the problem I have with Kara, I need your help, and I want our, ideally our viewers to weigh in on Twitter or via email— but I'm either going to produce a Broadway show or write a book, and I'm serious about mm-hmm. this because I'm at the point in life where I'm eccentric and I have a little bit of money, which spells Broadway, Kara. <laughs> it spells Broadway. But I'm not you know rich what? enough to produce movies, but I am wealthy enough to produce a Broadway show. I am going to put you in touch with Randy Zuckerberg, sister of Mark Zuckerberg. She did Oklahoma and Hades Town. She's actually doing rather well. Mark She's Zuckerberg creating beauty co-producing a Broadway Zuck- show with Mark Zuckerberg's su- sister. sister. That is so sister. many mixed She's emotions. Great. I don't know how to I, respond she- to that. You know what? I'm gonna. We're gonna go see Oklahoma. And we're gonna go out for drinks with her. She's quite. Stay a focused. Piece of, I, I Stay love focused. Randy Another hollow promise of good times I'm for your saying, spouse. I'm just saying she might fund your Here comes the rabbit musical. coat. You're getting a rabbit coat, you. sweetie. Anyway, she's great. Back to me. She's I'm great. either. I'm just telling you. I'm you writing. Want, you a, want a Broadway show? She's a very successful okay, Broadway okay, producer. I'm, I'm trying so, to help you. I with am your writing dream. a book. I've got about half of it. Half of it done. I don't like to announce it because then I feel as if I actually have to write the book. What's it called? Kara. Well, here's the thing. I need help. I'm down to two titles. It's either going to be called Unicorn Feces or Unicorn Porn. (laughs) I'm serious. Oh, neither. Neither. Neither? Not the first. Don't use feces in a title. Just don't. Unicorn. You don't think that's pretty good? So you you like unicorn porn better? You don't don't like like either either of them. I don't like either. You need to be more supportive of me. I don't like either. I'm being, uh, you know what? Tough love, baby. All right, listen, we need to take a quick break. We'll be right back with wins, fails, and predictions. Tough love, baby, Scott. From the the people who brought you cats. (laughs) (laughs) Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You've heard it before. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But it's more than just a tagline. Because State Farm agents are small business owners themselves who live and work in your community. And if you're in the market for small business insurance, who better to work with than an agent who understands what it takes? State Farm agents can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. Talk to your local State Farm agent today about small business insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
All right, we're back. Wins and fails, Scott. So many fails. Like, what? Uh, here's a win. I'll do my win. Am, you know, that last week I had that FedEx breakdown because they yeah. messed up my thing and it cost me hundreds of dollars to get something that they just— Anyway, Amazon is barring third-party sellers from using FedEx Ground for Prime deliveries because they said we have seen a drop in delivery performance of FedEx Ground and FedEx Home Ship Methods for seller-fulfilled Prime shipments. I listen. Amazon's. It's like backing like Darth Vader over Palpatine, but I'm going yeah, with it. You're going, I'm going with Amazon. With you're going. You're going with Anakin Skywalker. Um, yeah, whatever. So that's whatever. that's a there really. I mean, that's a great that's example. And you, my blog post today is on is on FedEx. Uh, yeah. You brought this up, uh, or, or inspired me to start looking into this. Mm-hmm. Um, FedEx, in, in a word, yeah. and this is an yeah. academic term, is just fucked. Because <laughs> effectively, if you look at – there's this interesting dynamic in technology where – and it's mostly – it started in software where every software startup, and I'm on the board of a few of them, worries that someday they're going to wake up and they're going to find that Oracle or Adobe has turned their product and made it into a feature and bundle it, similar – make it free and basically put them out of business overnight. They just turn it into a feature of their own suite of offerings, similar to what kind of Microsoft Mm -hmm. did where it said Internet Explorer is free and bundled with Office and basically put Netscape, the fastest-growing company in history, to that point out of business within effectively like 12 to 18 months. But it's now starting to happen, and I don't know what the term is, featured. You've been featured across some incredibly large, impressive companies. And essentially FedEx is being featured by Amazon, and that is shipping and fulfillment and logistics are now becoming break-even businesses for Amazon that they feature as part of Prime. And FedEx had a, a, literally threw up on themselves in their most recent earnings report, and they tried to employ this crazy delay or obfuscation to say it had something to do with air freight. No, it has mm-hmm. everything to do with the fact that I, I cannot get over this holiday season. I've been running around my neighborhood taking pictures. Mm-hmm. There are Amazon vans everywhere. 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 And they're coming after Kara Swisher, who's fed up with FedEx. They're coming after Kara Swisher with delivery that can run at break-even or a loss that FedEx investors will not tolerate. And they're coming after— I mean, there's— I think this is FedEx's fault. They haven't kept up. They haven't—Fred Smith— Fair enough. Just—you know, he was an innovator, and now he's going to let himself get lazy. He's 76. That's, I know that's ageist. I'm not sure 76 year olds are running. So aggressive. FedEx. It's like if you want to be aggressive, like bring bring the bring the juice, my friend. That's what I say. Yeah. I, they, you know their corporate office that called me and I haven't called them back. I'm not calling them. That'll back. show them. I'm not. I'm not being like you. You know how you don't call people back when no. they're mad at you. I'm not calling. No, them back. I'm sick of old white guys. I'm investing in the young and the I'm possible instead of the old and the powerful. I've had it. I'm done. Oh, have you? Yeah. <laughs> Man of the people, Scott Galloway. There you go. All right, that is that is my win. I'm going with Darth Vader over Palpatine. All right, what what is your speaking of Palpatine? I think the fail seems to be the star. That my fail is the Star Wars movie. I've not seen it. I may see it tonight. My ex rented an entire theater and is taking people to see it. And so speaking I will of, find speaking out. Speaking of women of the people, I, that means yes. you're seeing it early. Doesn't it come out the 26th? I have no idea what she's up to. She's she's got like it'll contacts. be awesome. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. It's just awesome. It's just going to be really? awesome. That's a franchise. I read all the see. spoilers. I know exactly what's going to happen. Really, I did yeah, well, in don't advance. Say I don't want to be surprised. 
Don't say I anything. did. I'm not going to say them, but I did. And I'm, by the way, I'm going to see cats. That's the other thing. That's a win to me. It got pretty. Someone, my favorite tweet was that it, th- this person was like, I went to see it. And I don't even know what just happened to me, but I feel good about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I want to see, I think cats looks great. I'm going to go see cats. That's my win. That's my other, that's my fail win. So what is yours? What are yours? Well, my fail, my fail was FedEx, but my win is Adam Schiff. I think Adam Schiff, mm-hmm. I know this is going to surprise you, Kara, but in high school, yeah. I wasn't what you would call enormously cool, which I know comes <laughs> as a surprise to everybody. And I think, I think Adam Schiff, a representative Schiff, is sort of an inspiration to um, young men and women who, who want intellect and perseverance and, you know, Trump has baited him so many times with these insults about his looks and his – and the guy has just decided, you know how I'm, I'm going to win? With perseverance and intellect. And the guy does his homework. And I feel like there are a ton of 16- and 17-year-old people in math club and that, that, that you know, are six foot one, 128 pounds with bad acne, as, as, as was Scott Galloway at 17. And mm-hmm. he, I think he's a great role model, whereas – I think the president is a terrible role model for for young men. I think Adam Schiff is a great role model for young for young young men and young women. Anyways, my win I is Representative Adam Schiff. I will point you to Schiff. a podcast I did with him recently. It was a great. I'm going to do another one. We're going to return after this is all over. He promised a second one, but he's great. He's really great. He's super smart. My brother actually went to college with him and said he was super smart. Then I didn't. What a shocker! You know, what a shocker! Really, no, he didn't like, have really long hair, like, riding a skateboard, and smoking crack. No, it was yeah. Stanford. They were at Stanford. Yeah. Um, which I didn't get into. Um, and you did see that, uh, I don't know if it's a win or a fail, that Ed, a federal judge ruled that proceeds from Edward's, you'd be happy about this, Edward Snowden's memoir, Permanent Record, which we talked about, oh which I did gosh. a podcast with him. So a federal judge ruled that proceeds from Edward Snowden's memoir, Permanent Record, to be paid to the U.S. government because he violated the terms of his employment contract with the U.S. government in publishing the book. Well, you clearly don't follow me on Twitter. You're going to love this. I wrote real quickly on Twitter, there's so many. It, <laughs> it, someone summarized too. Twitter perfectly. That as your, espionage does not pay. I know. What no, you I wrote mean. espionage I is a bitch, and I know you don't like it when I use that word. And so many people weighed in against me, and it's inspired me, and as have you, to learn more about Edward Stone because a lot of people who, unless they're bots, and as far as I know, they're Russian trolls trying to gain my trust. But who yes. seem thoughtful have weighed in and said, you got this wrong. Edward Snowden is a patriot. It's There's much more gray listen here. listen to my podcast. You could read the book. I'm sending you the book. I am sending you the book. Anyways, I'm going to learn more about Edward Snowden. I'm going to. That's your Christmas present, the free book I got from Edward oh, Here we go again. Here we go again. <laughs> and you're going to give it to me an intermission at Cats, right? Anyway, so. You know what? I am going to – we're going out oh, with here Randy we Zuckerberg. Go. We're going to go see Oklahoma. Don't promise me anymore. I can't handle it. We're going, I literally can't handle Randy, it. Randy. Randy, whom I know, Randy, we're coming to your show. All right, so Edward Snowden, he should, you think he should not be paid for the for he should that the money should go to the U.S. government because he violated the terms of his employment contract. That's what you think. Well, l- l- I'm going to be I'm going to be more measured here. I need to learn more about Edward Snowden because a lot of people that I respect he have did said, violate said the terms you've got of his it, employment. You've got contract. it wrong on this one. So I'm going to try and learn more about how a guy decides to take state secrets, shove a thumb drive up his ass, and move to China and Russia as a hero. <laughs> so I'm going to try and understand how that makes him a hero. But anyways. <laughs> Um, anyways, and I'm sure he didn't give the Russians anything because no, they're such nice people. No, he took it out nice of a people. Rubik's Cube. There was no ass shoving with the thumb drive. I'm sorry. There was a Rubik's Cube that he took in and out. So there you have it. Yeah. All right. We're going to finish up this episode with predictions. Predictions. Okay. Okay. Do so, you have any? Yeah, I do. So my prediction is that FedEx is acquired in 2020 or 21. That effectively you have an incredible company with incredible assets 
that's now been featured and is becoming part of the stack. And I think an interesting acquirer would be Walmart. Hmm. Uh, but if Walmart, I think, so first off, FedEx is going to, its value is going to get cut in half. It's about to get worse for FedEx. And it was trading at a multiple that's that uh, what I'd call the innovator's multiple, and that is FedEx has always been an innovator. It, it, if you look at e-commerce, they've benefited from the surge in e-commerce and logistics. But it's about to not only see its EBITDA drop, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get incredible or endure incredible multiple contraction as people realize it's the next victim of Amazon. And yeah, then, it's the post office. And it's then, the new post office. And yeah. it's got a 76-year-old CEO, so they need a succession a strategy. And I think Doug McMillan offering full stack fulfillment, front end e-commerce is a really compelling. Somebody's got to be the yang to Amazon's ying. Yes. And I Shopify, think. Shopify, as we've discussed. Maybe Shopify buys it. Yeah. Shopify has no Walmart. And Shopify doesn't yeah. have you know, 5,500 distribution you said, facilities. You said store. Roku was going to get bought by Netflix. So I'm going to, or I'm going to, I'm going to hold you to these. Well, this Roku, is really interesting. I don't know who Roku will be acquired by, but uh, actually my prediction is Roku, if their value keeps growing, is going to is going to be a man bites dog and acquire an old economy or an old media company because ah, they're becoming right. so valuable or they'll be acquired. But something is going to happen with FedEx in the next 12 months. The first thing is All its right, value is like going to decline, and they're either going to need to go out and make a bet the ranch acquisition or they will be acquired. And I think the interesting yeah. one would be would be Walmart. Walmart. i got to talk to Doug McMillan. I'm going to call him after this. He's going to come to – I'm making him come to code. I've got another big name for code. I can't announce it yet. Really? I announced Sundar this week. We have another one. Um, anyway, but before we go, Scott, that's a great prediction. That's a really smart one. Before we go, let's shout out to some of our listener mail we got this week. Joe writes, there can never be too much pivot. You are a shining light in the media sewage I constantly have to shift through. <laughs> Thank We're a you. light in the sewage. Thank you for Scott. that. We are a light. By the way, do you know we, we hit are- number one in a country? We are the number one podcast this really? week, Where? this what week country? in Argentina. That's right. Oh, talk about I'm an awesome country. Any the tango, <laughs> beef, and fly fishing in the Bariloche. Argentina is awesome. Let's promise to go there and then let people down. All right. For, next, from a self-identified 54-year-old, fully degreed woman in fly over country, she says, "Love it, gotta have it two times a week." That's right. That's right. That's my right. Friend. That's right, flyover country. We like you too. We may come there, probably not, but we will. No, we like flyover country. Do we like flyover country? Of course we do. We're, we fly over. We're, it. we're women we of the over. people. You see cats, we're, and I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> we're cats. Uh, we're about You're the least. With me to see we cats. literally, we're about the least flyover listen, gotta, people you have ever met. You're going to run for mayor okay, of San listen, Francisco, and uh, I'm literally I'm, in Soho I'm teaching not at NYU. For I'm running my mouth. Listen, this is the last one, and then you have to read the negative ones. From a Londoner, you ask what it's like having pivot twice a week. It's like having those guilty pleasures you shouldn't do twice in a row. It's overwhelming and awesome all at once. Scott, read the negative ones. We okay, have to do that. But, but, here are the negative but. ones. Mike writes, with two episodes, I can't believe that I'm saying this, but it's too much. Mm. Well, you know what? Okay, Mike. You know what too much of a good thing is? It's cocaine, Mike. You're insulting <laughs> cocaine. Anyways. We we want to hear from you if you think there's too if it's too much. I don't we don't think it's too much. We're enjoying ourselves. And we one of the things that I loved is uh, someone Michael Kreider wrote today. I'll read this one too. The problem with that I have two shows a week is now they crowd out other podcasts. I'd like to listen to Goodbye at How I Built oh, This. Oh my god, by speaking of too much to like crowding out other <laughs> podcasts. You know what has jumped the shark? Did you listen to the Daily today about impeachment? Jesus Christ, was that boring. Michael Barbaro, start doing drugs. Do something. The the Daily is getting so boring. I know you work for them. Oh, my God. 
That was all I'm getting. I'm literally the daily. You better step it up. You better you step best it up. Step we're it coming up. for you. We're coming for everybody. Coming That's for what daily. we're doing. <laughs> we become a megalomaniacal pair. Anyway, it's time for us to go. Wait by the door for your Peloton to come. I, I'm sure it'll get there from me. I'm sure that'll happen. Along with for a you. wig and a bottle of Cialis. Is that a hint? Yeah. Is that a hint? Cialis. We're going to be back next Friday for the Decade in Review show. We'll be hearing a lot of special guests. We have special guests. Meanwhile, you can reach us at hashtag pivot podcast or emailing us at pivot at voxmedia.com. Scott. Let's get on to the decade show. We'll have that next week and then uh, and then have a beautiful, beautiful holiday season. It is going to be nice. All right, Kara, I'm excited. I'm excited to end the decade with uh, my Pivot co-host. Co-host, yeah, you do. I, I can't wait to see what you get me for Christmas. Anyway, today's show was produced by Rebecca Sinanis. Eric Anderson is Pivot's executive producer. Thanks also to Rebecca Castro and Drew Burrows. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. And if you're an Android user, check us out on Spotify or, frankly, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you liked our show, please recommend it to a friend. Thanks for listening to Pivot from Vox Media. We'll be back next week for another breakdown of all things tech and business. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.